You think you get stupid questions? You should hear the barrage of stupid questions I get. Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Stupid Questions with Jason Harvey. Thanks for listening. I don't know why you're still doing it, but if you're doing it, I appreciate it. Got some weird news today. Natasha came came into my room today, was talking about uh, how her day was, how she just had a weird day, and that Twitter is her only outlet. That's her solace, where she can go and say whatever she wants and let it all out. And today... Her grandma started following her on Twitter. So she starts telling me the story about how her grandma started following her on Twitter. And as she tells me her Twitter handle, she explains, but she has a great Twitter handle and tells me, and it's something like Great Caesar's Ghost or something like that. But she tells me it and I go, oh, your grandma is following me on Twitter also. So, uh... Natasha's grandma gets to hear all of the sad things that her friends in her life talk about. So everyone should follow Natasha's grandma. Anyway, we'll get into the we'll get into the episode right now. We have a very special guest with us today. Uh, we have Rachel Jensen in studio with us. Hey, Rachel. Hey, how's it going? Oh, great! Thanks Good. for having me on. Of course, thanks for coming on. Exciting. Yeah. And and I I brought my I brought my husband. He's an honorary member of the comedy community so he gets to sit here and fill in every time he feels the need to interject to weigh in on anything yay weighing in weighing in (laughs) (laughs) he's he's like my conscience over there he's my filter he's my human living filter that when i start saying way too much he either jumps in and encourages me to be worse (laughs) or uh will literally drag me out of the room if i cross a line Which he's only had to you do need, like one I time. I think you need one of those. You definitely need something like that. Not you. I mean, people. Not yeah. just you. No, you specifically definitely <laughs> need that. So thank you, Matt. So get married. Get, yeah, married. get married. It happens. Yeah. You get you get a person around all the time. It's like having a child, but like a little bit less puke. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit Yeah, less. obviously you don't remember the Christmas party. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was talking about. It's like having a, a toddler that you can't really throw over your shoulder if you have to like leave public you have to drag them across an icy driveway instead ice there's a long story behind that (laughs) well thank you guys both for coming on the show you're welcome i'm excited so rachel you uh what about maybe about a year ago started writing or i don't when was it that you became a writer comedy officially in january january Mm -hmm. okay i knew that so this year uh-huh. This year became a uh, writer for Slug. Congrats mm-hmm. on that, and you've been awesome. It's been it's been great reading everything that you've written. So. It's been a lot of fun. They they didn't have a lot of coverage before. Um, they had some people that have have done comedy writing here and there, but um, there's a couple of people that are part of the the actual Slug staff that are really passionate about comedy as well. So they were looking for somebody who could um, do a lot more with it. And um, yeah, I got I got referred by. A wonderful and beautiful uh, Melissa Merlot. She's she is wonderful. <laughs> she's a great person. She is she's to know love, your name when she drops well, it. Well, she's 
I've done shows with her since probably, I think, for about the past five years, I think she and I have been on a lot of shows together. I adore her. She's one of my favorite people. Just such a sweetheart. So fun to to talk to, like, on shows, at shows. Just a, just a fun person to be around. And also a great supporter. Yeah. So I, uh, I yeah, I, I got this great opportunity that arose. And they were like, do you think you can do this? And I was like, um, I was looking for something else to write about other than the last writing job that I had where I did blogs for tire companies. So wow. it was a definitely um, a, a better type of writing for yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit more, like probably easier to write about. I don't know. I, there's only so many ways you can talk about tires in That's a positive what... way. Like, you know, hey, they're black <laughs> and they're round <laughs> and you put them on your car and they get you around. Here's what you can do with yeah. them. You can take a right turn or a left turn. You can make a rope swing out of them <laughs> in your backyard. I tried to do that one time. I, I had to cut out a lot of sarcasm out of these <laughs> before I'd send them through. Um, I, I don't even think they read them most of the time because like, I would sometimes just get shit balls drunk and, and just write. and write about oil changes and tires. And uh, a lot of it uh, was just kind of... Um, funny would if you knew that it was me writing it and then you read some of the stuff that I interjected in there and I I they never called me on it so I don't even think they read it I think they, they would just, just post put it, it out yeah yeah I <laughs> think they so would just funny. post it how did you that's such a weird uh, writing about <laughs> tires is like this yeah <laughs> uh, well I just uh got la- laundry hampers and I just write reviews this <laughs> I had one a holds a lot of dirty clothes it's good I I had a friend that worked for that company. And so he was like, I'm looking for a writer. Could you do this? And I was like, does it pay? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, can I negotiate the pay? And he was like, yeah. So I got paid pretty well to write about tires, but it was so mind-numbingly boring sometimes that I would be like laying on my floor throwing a temper tantrum crying that I didn't want to write 500 words about a tire again. Oh, I yeah, that does not. It almost, that's worse than school. Because like in school, a lot of the time you get, most of the time you get to choose the topic that you're going to write about. No, I don't think there's probably ever been a report written on tires. Maybe the will in school, but not anyone ever just like, yep, tires. I love them. I I would suggest Googling um, any of the articles that I wrote. If you ever have uh, an assignment due on tires, just steal the entire thing that I wrote and you'll get an A. It is brilliant. It's great. Yeah, just take it. I won't. I I wrote under uh, ghost names. So like I didn't even get credit for it. So you couldn't even Google. Track you down. Yeah. Yeah. They'd use like stock photos of like a guy named Rob that looked like a male model in a in a tire tech t-shirt really so that they really did profiles yeah i was so upset so you couldn't what was it because they were honestly for like a sexist reason was it oh if a girl writes an article about tires who's gonna take it serious like because that seems kind of why i don't know why else they would change a picture to a guy so they had they so i'm i'm divulging secrets and and i never signed a non-disclosure agreement so that yeah. was my middle fingers you going up. You get it here, guys. Juicy <laughs> tire secrets. I no secrets. longer work for them, so it doesn't matter. But they had fake Google Plus profiles for all of these fake tire techs that just 
revolved around all of the other stuff that they were selling. So they could have total control of like the social media presence. And even though the blog that I would write about it would go on six or 10 different websites, each of those fake tire techs claimed that they wrote it. It was a new blog from Rob our tire tech. And... But it was really just a fake person yeah. by the company. Yeah. And I never got credit for any of it. Um, but I got paid. I got paid pretty well. That's amazing. I mean, not. I'm just blown away that that's <laughs> that's such a terrible like piece of shit thing to do. So, so you did the work of six men. Yes. Well, more than that, and uh, <laughs> I would like to say that that the men that I was representing were very good looking, but they all looked like they were much more dumb than I was. So. Like, just such like a I wouldn't weird, trust them with tires. That's such a weird thing. I I can't believe that. That, <laughs> that pisses me off on so many different levels. The, the tire like, levels. mafia. Well, the the weird thing about it is, is that I actually, the person who works on my car normally is a girl. Mm -hmm. And, oh, man, I would trust her over any mechanic that I've ever gone to before. She's honest, works super hard, gets the job done quick. One time just drove me to a movie theater because the wait was going to be too long. Just great. So that's so stupid to me that that they had to have uh, six people, six other guys, stock photos, but the company just ran them. That's so stupid. Well, the two years that I worked there, I think I had like uh, six different bosses. So every time somebody would like new would come in, like everything that I would do would change for no reason. So it was it was probably... One of the weirdest jobs I've ever had, but it helped me kind of hone um, some of my writing skills, which was yeah. cool. And uh, and and now um, now that I'm with Slug, it's it's kind of like the payoff. But I no longer get paid the big payout that I was getting writing about tires. But I have a lot more um, pride in what I'm doing. No, well, and you're you're great at what what you are doing. Oh, I thank really, you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. Um, I really love the coverage that you've been doing with the comedy scene. It's it's nice to actually see the scene get a spotlight finally, like where it's kind of been ignored for so long. I've been doing comedy almost six years now, and in January is when we finally started getting some some coverage. So thank you very much for what you're doing. Well, you're all over the place on that. So if any of you guys are, are interested, um, Jason Harvey has got about 50 articles all over Slug Magazine at slugmag.com. Yes. That, <laughs> that talk about him. And a lot of them are shows that I reviewed. And and um, so the first interview I ever did was Jane Lynch. Like, yeah, I remember. Like uh, the day that, that I officially got hired, they were like, do you want to come back in at two o'clock? And interview Jane Lynch on the phone and I was like yes nope I who's that <laughs> yeah of course you might want to do that I fangirled out you, a little did bit did you ask her about her x-files episode no I didn't uh, oh, I, I I remember when I saw her in 40 year old virgin I remember thinking she was in like that bug boy episode of x-files like I don't even think I think Fox Mulder was no longer on the X-Files at that point. It was when the T-1000 had taken over. Oh, yeah. So the not good, the not so good years. Yeah, those were weird years. I'd like to, I, I always tried to watch them like he was the T-1000 yeah, as an can. FBI agent, and it made it a little bit better. <laughs> That's, uh, maybe That's I how you go watch back it. and watch it. Yeah, that, that like any given time that he's in trouble, 
he's going to like grow swords for hands. <laughs> That's how you watch it. Also, shitballs drunk. Shitballs drunk. It's, and it's you can get through those how I like to do a lot of, of things. X Files. <laughs> I actually started watching that again on Netflix and it's holds up pretty well. I mean, it's still definitely like really shitty, like effects and stuff, but the story and the characters are awesome. I remember it was kind of a throwaway show, like for Fox. I remember the early years of that, oh. and it was a late time slot, and Friday nobody took at it serious. Eight, eight p.m., like the weirdest, and it was going up against. That's when TGIF was huge, and like Family Matters, Step by Step. I'm pretty sure that's when Star Trek: The Next Generation was still on, though, because yes. I always had to make a decision which one I was going to watch. Was a, it was a good nerd dilemma to have as like an eight year old. <laughs> oh man, I really loved the, the next generation. Was a great Star Trek though. Probably the best. Yes, I I would I would agree. I on mean, that. no no offense to people who really like the the old classic the years or yeah. the but more offense to those who like Deep Space Nine because those people don't really exist to me. Yeah, they are dead to me, and I, they know I why. I pretend that the Deep Space Nine doesn't exist. Do you realize you're kind of married to one, right? Are you a Deep Space Nine? Huge Deep Space Nine fan. You're dead to me. See, and I never, I could. So it, ladies, I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was more or less a Captain Janeway fan. See, and I don't remember it at all. I just remember thinking, well, this isn't as exciting as Star Trek The Next Generation. They tried to make it like darker and grittier. and. See, I think maybe, I, maybe I'll go back and watch it. I just wanted a holodeck. That was my thing. I wanted a holodeck. And and you can have one. <laughs> <laughs> we got you one. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Here's your holodeck. So so now everybody else, uh, next time I'd like a hoverboard. Uh, so <laughs> The next time you're on Next it. time I'm on. Next it is time 2015. I... Where is it? I know, right? Maybe we got until like, what, October, I think. Is it? A, yeah, was it October? Yeah, I think we got, we got two months to figure this out. Better better come around october's when my birthday hits and i would love to bust my 34 year old ass open on a hoverboard i remember it was about 10 years ago i stopped skating because i wrecked really hard i fell and landed on my keys and the next day i got up and could barely walk and that's when i realized oh i'm i'm too old to like try and be tony hawk like what the fuck am i doing Tony Hawk's too old now to be Tony Hawk. He is. It's a little bit If scary. it wasn't his name, he would no longer be Tony Hawk. Oh. Thank God for video games. Like, for, forever young. <laughs> he does, he does like, a, like an ollie on the half pipe. I, I don't remember <laughs> the names of yeah. things anymore. I haven't. I, I was not. That's a, what I. I was really bad at this. It's been so long since I've skated or I wanted cared. to be a skateboarder I like it I respect it I it's just not I'm not gonna bust my ass to like do it to flip a board around anymore it's a lot easier if you don't have boobs I have no comparison I can't be like <laughs> you know before when I had boobs it was way tougher skating <laughs> I got those Throws suckers off your center I got those gravity. suckers removed so that I could be the next Rodney Mole I, I I get a little nervous watching Tony Hawk now because I just worry about like the state of like his potential osteoporosis and and how I think about insurance premiums a lot and so I think, you as think an adult, how often <laughs> as an every adult, day you don't I like extreme about, sports 
No, I, that's what I uh, I had that thought the other day. Like, oh, I'm getting old. I, what? I can't even remember what I thought. But I was like, oh, I wouldn't. Whoa, I wouldn't even do that. Why would someone think that would be fun? Oh, no. It was like. It was last night at the, I went to the Between the Buried and Me concert and this circle pit <laughs> broke out like right, right around me. So I like just moved back to the edge of it so I'm not in the middle of it. But as I was watching everybody just like run into each other and like people falling down, I thought, holy shit, is this really how we enjoy music? Just like, let's spin in circles and hit into each other like bumper cars, but human bumper cars. Yeah, it's a little bit different now. Like at 15, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get in the middle of that circle pit. That's exactly where I was. And I want a black eye because I want my teacher to look at me and think, what kind of weekend did you have? Yeah, What happened to you? I want a story to tell. I don't want to have that same experience with my boss now 15 years later. I read Red Badge of Courage in high school. Did you read that book about the Civil War? Yeah, like that's what it is. It's like you just want to get like hit in the face or have some like some scar like... Injury to be like, well, I was at this concert. Some guy brought his elbow down, like WWE, right across the bridge of my nose. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> you, that's what I mean. That's seriously as stupid as it is, but that's that's how I was. Is that's how being a white teen growing up is like. That's your that's your outlet. I'm gonna run someone real fast, and we're gonna crash into each other, and it's gonna be great. I was pretty brutal. I was like a like a rabid poodle in a mosh pit. I could see. I I, I think that's mean, vicious. I was mean. I was but F- full full size poodle too. Like, like not like not like good, like a toy poodle. No, I I I like that. That's good. <laughs> awesome. So you are. So you're married. I'm married. I'm I'm married when, to this guy over when, here. When and how, when was uh, when did you get married? October. October. October of last year. I don't remember half of the wedding. Were you just blackout drunk? Again, shitballs drunk. <laughs> Were you also shitballs drunk? Uh, no, I was actually the more uh, sober of the two. So. Well, good good for you. Someone has to be that that person. I, I stayed sober at at my wedding. Kind of. I was so sick. My mom thought I partied the night before. She's like, "What did you? What did you do?" And all I did was ate wontons and watched kung fu movies with friends. That's that's what I did. Like that's how I got like loosened up and was like, "Yeah, let's do this. Let's get let's settle down." <laughs> <laughs> but the whole next day, I was throwing up all day at my wedding. Just during the photos, like, "Wait one second, I'll be right back. I've just got to go throw up." Then I came back and got pictures taken. It was awful. <laughs> The whole thing was so terrible, and then uh, the the wedding night was just like, do we? I guess we have to have sex at each other because it's the wedding night, right? Both exhausted, so it was like, all right. And I don't, I don't remember it at all. I so. I don't think we did it. I was I was passed out. I was uh, I didn't even realize I was in a hotel room until like three a.m. When you came to, like, yeah. <laughs> No, it was bad. We got into the elevator, and she was like buckled over. The floor's moving. Why? Because <laughs> we're in an elevator. No. And she See, fell but I don't remember this. Yeah. Well, that's why I stayed sober. So you know, you I could remember that. Yeah. It's all in a journal somewhere. Oh, young love. <laughs> I was just worried. We had to hit a certain bar tab, and I was very, very much concerned that I was. I like 
cashed out a bunch of my stocks at work to pay for the wedding. So I was like worried that we weren't going to have enough money to pay the bar tab if we didn't hit it. So I tried to take care of that myself. So you had to hit a certain amount? Yeah, of, of alcohol, alcohol. Or they would charge us. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been there. Yeah. I'm not paying. The more I drink, the less I pay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, was my, that was my thought process. That, like, that sounds like Wendover. I was trying to be a responsible adult, really. And yeah. um, I, got, I guess I was too responsible because at one point um, I was laying in the middle of the dance floor, half crying, half laughing and bleeding. So, <laughs> Oh, weddings. You have the pictures to re- remind you yes, of how it was, though, right? Yeah, I'm just <laughs> wondering if those are like those bad open. party pictures that were. I remember seeing seeing pictures of me like at parties, like in my like years ago, and just being super embarrassed. Like, oh, that's what I look like. Oh, that's where I ended up. Oh, I puked there. Oh, I'm an asshole. I'm such a stupid asshole when I get drunk. That's, I remember, that's how I stopped drinking, actually. Like, getting just shit-ass drunk was remembering night before or having people recount it to me. Like, oh, do you remember this? Yeah, you totally let Jeff hit you in the arm with a hammer. What? Is that why my arm fucking hurts? (laughs) What was sad is my, my regular bartender was, and that's, I don't have drinking problems. I'm usually really responsible with it, but my regular bartender was one of our wedding guests and she had to explain to everyone that like she'd never seen me that drunk and usually I'm a, you know, two cocktail a night kind of person and this was just a little bit weird for me cuz I I had family that I'd never met. I had um, you know, his friends, um, you know, people from out of town, family that I haven't seen in years showing up and all of them saw me like on my absolute worst behavior. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yep, dad, you're right. You didn't have to pay for my college. Look how I turned out. <laughs> oh, you win. You, you knew you would too. Like you just knew. Uh. <laughs> so the kind of person that everybody in my extended family had always thought that I would turn out to be, I was that person for one night and only one night, but uh, they're cemented in their minds now that I'm a, I'm a crazy, lush, living a rock star life in Salt Lake City. And all it takes is one time, <laughs> one time of just like letting loose and people will never forget it. Mm-hmm. Be like, remember, remember that one time? Oh, my fucking wedding day? Yeah. Yeah. Can't I fucking get shit ass drunk on my fucking own wedding day? Well, nobody told me to stop, so I feel <laughs> like... You know, some girls want their wedding today to be their day that they can be a princess. And I wanted my wedding day to be the day that I would be like a wino yeah. in a gutter at the end of the <laughs> night. Just the uh, in, a pr- in a gutter in a pretty dress. Yes, it was a pretty dress, though. I was proud of my dress. You guys did look great. Oh, thank you. It didn't feel great. It, you but. didn't feel great, <laughs> especially the next morning. I think I had like a three-day hangover. Oh, those are the – I've had a two-day hangover. Ooh, three-day – I couldn't have taken another day of it. We had either. to wait to go on our honeymoon because I still didn't like feel okay to like drive. Oh. <laughs> That'd be the worst, being in a car hungover. Yeah. I've been in a car hungover for an hour at the longest, coming from Salt Lake back to Roy, 
where I was living at the time. And I was glad I wasn't driving. I just got to sit there and go, don't throw up in her car. Just don't throw up in her car and you're good. I didn't throw up. I didn't throw up at the wedding or in anybody's car. I think I waited until like I was at the hotel room. Then just unloaded. Oh yeah, she was passed out, and then all of a sudden woke up in the middle of the night and straight to the bathroom, took a bath, and then started puking in the tub. The same time she's taking a shower. And- I think <laughs> I took like three showers, and you oh, yeah. you told me like I the next morning I was like I need to take a shower, and you're like you took three last night. And I was like why. You were like, I have no idea. I was like, well, I guess I thought it was going to sober me up. Like, apparently it didn't. Doing, yeah. <laughs> this one's the one. This, this one's is the it. shower that sobers me up. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for anybody that was like around that night, like that could hear into our hotel room. Because instead of hearing like the newlywed couple enjoying themselves, they just heard me like drunkenly yelling, no, my head hurts. No, I don't want to throw up. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure they thought something weird was going on. Uh, they, they didn't get to enjoy their night. They just kept their ear like, well, do you think every, do you think everything's okay in there? Do you think he kidnapped her from a wedding? <laughs> was she like a Russian mail order bride? Like was, did she do this in her just own get, volition? She's just getting here. <laughs> she just wants her papers. Just wants to be legal because <laughs> I'm just in the I'm just like yelling no because I was so hungover and I was so drunk and uh, yeah I guess it didn't I'm sorry about that I'm sure that everyone in the hotel Monaco thought you were a rapist. That's okay. That was the best twenty eight dollar like BLT I've ever had. So <laughs> what, a twenty eight dollar BLT. Oh yeah, that sandwich was expensive as hell, but it was tasty. Well, it was really good. Oh yeah. yeah I guess if they're gonna charge you twenty eight bucks, it's better. It better be like That's, so good. That was the highlight of my wedding night. <laughs> You're I welcome. I had a BLT that was badass. <laughs> oh, they, that is that is a good ass sandwich, though. I feel like people have better wedding stories than me. <laughs> I, it's just because you can't remember them. <laughs> I can't. I remember he shoved cake in my face, and I started to cry. Like, I was going to put frosting on his nose, but he thought I was coming at him, so he just smacked me with a face full of cake, and I I just started to cry, and I didn't know that that happened until I saw the video footage of it, because they were like, oh, they're going to cut the cake, oh, no. and it's going to be such a cute experience. Look at the, the, I was like, you guys don't realize the two people that you just witnessed get married. Like, this is how our whole life is together. We... <laughs> throw food in each other's faces all the time the way a relationship should be beats out answering my cell phone in the middle of the uh my vows oh yeah he did that. oh i <laughs> i remember seeing that <laughs> yeah, you can tell that part of the uh, story okay, so it all started out with uh, uh one of my groomsmen coming up and saying oh yeah she was joking about taking a like mid-ceremony selfie and of course wake up president nation of oh yeah um i had one of my buddies call me in the middle of my vows, and I just answer the phone. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? Oh, yeah, no, I'm getting married right now. Yeah, no, it's totally cool. She'll find this funny. She's a comedian. So it worked out okay. It was, like, perfect for, I guess, us, me being an asshole and her finding it funny because she still deals with me. But Well, that's just a, a very unique story. I don't know if I've – that's the only time I've ever heard of that actually Yeah, happening. he answered the, the phone during mm-hmm. our vows. I added a zombie apocalypse clause, and I made mention that I wouldn't cheat on him with Bruce Willis. So, do you, do you want me to tell you what his 
funny about you mentioning Bruce Willis that that was the <laughs> my ex wife. That was the that was the agreement that if she could ever have sex with Bruce Willis, I just had to agree and be like, well, I will turn my head, and that I could pick somebody. But I never I never found like I don't, I'm not really into celebrities, but Bruce Willis. There was also some other girls I was hanging out with that were like, no, Bruce Willis, he deserves to have hair. He's so badass, he definitely deserves to have hair. And then somebody was like, but he does look so badass, he doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. He's too badass for it. He's just a, oh, he's a boss. And Die Hard's the best action movie. See, yeah, that is my time. favorite movie ever. People think that I'm going to answer like, what's your favorite movie with something very profound? Because I, I have a film degree from the U. Yeah. So people think that, you know, when you spend all that time and money... <laughs> study yeah. film. I made quotes, yeah. air quotes for people listening on the podcast uh, that you're going to come out with like an experience of like French movies are my newfound favorite thing, you know, neo-noir. But now people ask me, I'm like, yeah, Die Hard. Still the best movie ever. It's oh, it's by far the only uh, American action movie I think that holds up as well as it did when it originally came out. Do you know that that was Alan Rickman's first American movie? It was his first like major film role. He was a stage so actor. Great. He was a Shakespearean stage actor before that. It makes so much sense that he was a Shakespearean actor. It, you can hear it in the way he delivers his lines. And it wasn't until I saw that movie that I realized that you could have an American accent. Like, I just thought Americans were like accentless. Yeah. And so when he does the the fake American accent oh, to like fool him, to, yeah. I was like, "That's a thing you can do." Like British people can do our accent. Hugh Lowry, <laughs> Hugh Lowry is the first person when I saw because House. Oh yeah, yeah. And then when I saw him, that he was British, and I heard his thick accent. Boom! Bl- brain just exploded. What the fuck? I thought Americans were exclusive. Yeah, I thought. Like yeah, I, that's how. Piece of shit American I was. <laughs> Only we can do other people's accents. Nobody else. Which is so stupid because, of course, English people are going to, like, they're going to blow us away as far as acting goes. They've been doing it on stage live for so long that it's part of their culture. They're going to be way better at it than Americans are. For the most part, I would say I would take a British stage actor over an American film actor as far as acting. Almost any day. Yeah, and our actors can't pull off British accents no. to save their lives. So we we need them. We really <laughs> we need, need them. The Brits. Like we need you not only to do the English accent, but we need you because you do a better American accent than most Americans. I'd rather listen to a British person speaking like American English than I don't know somebody from like Tennessee. They, no, they, you don't, do you have listeners from Tennessee? I, I don't, don't think so. Okay, then I, we're immune. We're fine. If so, I don't want them anymore. So <laughs> Along with Deep Space Nine fans, you guys are also dead to us. We disapprove of you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. here's the... the yeah, I, I do comedy stuff yeah. and also talk about my wedding a lot. Yeah. And so um, thank you so much for coming on mm-hmm. on the show. Um, and then about what, a, close to about a year ago, you got uh, some, you received some news. 
Is that I like how, how else? Yeah, I don't I know how to how word this. Yeah, I'll let you. I don't know how to. So like, we're gonna talk yeah, about we'll the, talk the about, funny yeah. stuff, and then you're we'll get, like, yeah, let's, we'll get let's get into the really the way, and then let's sobering get into stuff. The, yeah. So so yeah, it was actually um, about two weeks before my wedding. Um, I had just gone in for like a routine doctor's appointment. And like a physical? Yeah, yeah. Physical I mean, because so when you're when you're a chick, you got to go in every yeah. year to get your birth control filled up and get you know poked in inappropriate places yeah. by a complete stranger, um, which is fun. I mean, that's the best part of like being a woman is having strangers just poke absolutely, at you. absolutely. No, it's Feeling it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. So I went in for my like my regular um, yearly exam, and um, I was like, you know, hey doc, stuff's been weird. Stuff's been really weird. I don't know what's up. And uh, he was like, well, we can run some other tests on you. And I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of worried um, because the last relationship that I had, you know, ended with my boyfriend cheating on me a lot. And so he like reluctantly was like, okay, well, we'll run what we can. And I was like, I really want a blood test. Yeah. And he was like, well, you're probably okay. I wouldn't worry about that. I wouldn't jump to any conclusions. Um, you know, we'll, we'll run some blood tests on you. Um, and then, uh, I, I was like expecting that, you know, maybe if anything came back, it might be like a little bit weird that, um, you know, anything, anything could have been fixable Yeah. at that point. So I got a call like two weeks later to come into his office and I was like, oh shit, something came back weird. Yeah. So it was two weeks before the wedding. It was about three weeks before and the so wedding. So before the before you went in for the exam, maybe before the blood test, what like you said, things are weird. Like were you feeling? Yeah, like so weird or so just what was some the weird feelings? stuff had had been going on. Like I actually I had like a canker sore that that put me into like the emergency dental chair, right? Like yeah. So I got this canker sore in my mouth. It was like the size of like a fifty cent piece, and it was wouldn't it go like away. On the cheek, like it or? was like right on my gum line. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and then I got this like weird, um, like itchy, like rash on my legs, like the bottom of my legs. And I was like, that's kind of creepy that it happened together. Um, and, uh, and I had worked, uh, I actually worked at a woman's clinic for four and a half years like when I was in college. Or... I'm not, I'm not going to say who, oh, okay. what, yeah, what it place matter. it yeah. was, um, because I actually got fired from oh, there. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I worked for a women's clinic for four and a half years, and I, I did counseling for STDs. So I kind of knew that, like, these are things that you want to be watching for, and it could potentially be something that has come up. Yeah. So um, I, I asked for that test, and, and honestly, what I was thinking in my mind was like, oh, my God, if my ex-boyfriend gave me syphilis, I'm going to go kill him. <laughs> Because it's one of the things that's on the rise in the U.S. Yeah, we actually talked about that, right? Like, oh, the, did you ever? Did you hear the? Probably not. But did the Amara Ames episode, I think we may have set a record for how many times, how many times syphilis said was syphilis? said within what maybe 30, 35 minutes. We, I'm not shitting you. I bet you we said it about a hundred times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I didn't have syphilis, which was the good thing. Yeah, <laughs> which was a good thing. Um, because you can get uh. With syphilis, you can get rashes and, um, like, canker sores. Um, but you can get sores anywhere on your body. Yeah. Um, it's funny that I know all of this stuff just randomly because it kind of makes you a hypochondriac. <laughs> so, oh, every time anybody mentions anything, and I've been tested, yeah. so I know I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. But it's still like, oh, well, I've, I've felt that before. Oh, is that what that is? Like, no, that's a mosquito bite. You're fine. <laughs> just, yeah. But don't like, <laughs> freak out about it but yeah i get 
when you know the symptoms, you're always oh yeah. Oh, oh, but is that that? Is that what that is? So so I was I was just a little bit more paranoid than I should have been, and and uh, so I was like, okay, that's probably what it was, and that's why they're going to have us come in, and like this is just horrible, and I'm going to have to be on penicillin, and I go in there, and my poor doctor is, I think he's only about the same age as me. He's like he's maybe like in his late twenties, early thirties, yeah. if that. He's just brand new to the practice, and. And he actually like was waits. this a general practice? Uh, it's an or? OBGYN. OBG, okay. mm-hmm. So he's kind of like hesitant, and instead of just like telling me, he just hands me my test results, and he's like, "So you're HIV positive." So he said he handed them. Did he yeah. hand them to you he and let you read that, first. and then he said it to you after? Yeah, yeah. and and it just felt like the floor dropped out from under my feet because I never in a million years thought that that was something that could happen to me. Yeah. Um, it, it was really, um, I became really human in that moment. Like I became mortal for the first time. And it's, it's kind of like if, if you had ever received any news that like you had cancer or something like that, it was, it was kind of on par with just here's so shocking that here's what's going to kill you. It was it was a shock. It was terrifying, and I I didn't believe it. I was like, you know, I want a second opinion. You know, you go you throw that out, and they're like, there's there's no mistakes in this. That's what the test came back, and that's why you're having like all of these weird little health problems that you're having. That's what happened. Yeah. When received, like, because I've never had any any news like that. Anything that's been so shocking and and life altering. Did it hit instantly? Like, oh, fuck. I went to work. You went to work right after. Like- I went to work right after. Um, I think I was in shock for a couple of weeks at least. I think um, it kind of came out a little bit when I was drunk at my wedding that I it was starting to process. Um, I don't think it really hit for about a month or so until... Um, you know, more blood tests were being done and my actual like doctor's visits with specialists started. Um, I think it, it hit me finally that that I had to deal with this um, around January. So a couple of months after the diagnosis, I got the flu really bad and the flu put me down and it almost killed me. I Because your immune system. Yeah, so my immune weak. system was pretty weak. So um, the, the flu hit me so hard and I had never been that sick in my life that I realized like, this really could kill me. Like, this is something that I really do have to fight and I'm dealing with now. I know you don't know yeah, what to say. I, yeah, <laughs> honestly, it's such a, yeah, it's such a shocking thing and something that I don't know. I honestly don't know what I would do given, given those, given being in your circumstances, being where you are and facing this. Like, I mean, it's, I applaud your bravery. I honestly do because you're the first person that I've ever known that has had AIDS or HIV, being HIV positive and, and been open about talking, talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I, that's very admirable that you're not, not hiding it, that you're, out talk, you know, talking mm-hmm. about it, that you're open, open to talking about it. Well, I, I kind of, I sat on it for a long time and I was like, at some point I do want to come out and yeah. talk about this because I was the, I was the only person that I knew that had yeah. it. 
And um, when I, I came out to some family members first and I found out that, you know, um, my sister had a friend um, that had also uh, tested HIV positive. Um, and, uh, and it was a huge blow to her that now she knew a couple of people. So I was like, you know, there's got to be, there's got to be more. And I really wanted to talk about it. And I wanted to get to a point where I could be an advocate for it. And I tried to join this women's support group. And there's not a lot of women who are HIV positive, um, even in the United States. It's, it's only about, um, I wrote it down, it's like 24% of people who have HIV um, who in the HIV U.S. Positive uh-huh, are women. Are women. And, and largely that's um, women of color. And it doesn't really, the statistics don't break down if they came to the U.S. and they had that, maybe um, they were immigrants or, or refugees yeah. or anything like that. So, I mean, we're, we're kind of a small portion of it yeah. anyway. Well, I know Oprah did a, did a special quite a few years ago on um, homosexuality within the black community mm-hmm. and how it's such a shameful thing among among the black community like in black culture, to be homosexual, that a lot of people hide it. So they'll even get married, and they'll go to basketball leagues where they were actually, it's actually just like a gay community of men mm-hmm. uh, who were hiding it from from everybody. And that's how a lot of of, uh, of women with color ended up getting AIDS is from, from uh, those, the marriages. So I, what's been so maddening about it is there's there's no way of knowing how long you have it. Um, and I thought that was really shocking. Like there There's was a no lot way of to things. Trace. There was a lot of things that I didn't know about it before I got it. Is is there's a there's what's called a latency period, and it's between seven and twelve years usually. So it's about about a decade, where you don't show any symptoms. There's there's really not a lot of symptoms to show, and so you can be living with it for ten years and not know. And I tried to Besides, trace down. I mean. With a blood test, you, mm-hmm. you would oh, yeah, know, you'll but know. without that, without that, there's no signs that mm-hmm. someone could be living with it for a decade without for a any decade. signs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to trace back my tests that I had had. And I was, I was always really good about getting tested because, again, I worked as a counselor for this for, for uh, many, many years. And um, I was able to trace a test back to 2009. So I'd been living with it for almost six years is is the time frame that I had. I could have gotten it any time from that test until the time I had gotten tested again. And and what had happened that was so frustrating, and I guess it can happen a lot, and I didn't know, was I had had two tests during that time frame, um, blood tests yeah. that were never run. They just didn't run them? They didn't run them. So I had I had two different doctor's offices that I had told them my circumstances and things that were going on, and I had my blood drawn. And the first time, they never sent the sample in. And when I, I questioned them about it... Um, Wouldn't that be a legal issue? or some, I mean, that if just If I could seems prove like, it, okay. it, it could be like a malpractice thing if I could prove it, but they, they it's, pulled it's, my chart and they said, well, at that time that you came in that you claimed that you had a blood test drawn, it said that you were low risk for HIV. So I don't know why they would have even run one. And then the next time I had a blood test, you know, I told my doctor, I want my blood drawn. I want to be tested for everything. And they tested my cholesterol. They tested my thyroid. They never actually ran HIV 
So it was a lack of communication, I think, because when I'd call in and I asked, you know, were my test results normal? Were my test results negative? I never specified, what? did I have an HIV test run and was it negative? Because I, I was suspicious um, after a relationship that ended five years ago. Yeah. That the, the guy that I had been dating um, all through college for, for three and a half years, um, based on the circumstances of, of what happened in that relationship, I, I became really suspicious that he might have been gay. Yeah. And I remember crying to my best friend at night that I was like, he could have exposed me to HIV. And I'm getting all of these weird bruises and antibiotics don't work for me anymore. And, uh, and she, w- she finally convinced me a couple months later to go get tested. And that was the one that they never ran. Really? Mm-hmm. So I have no way. I had um, within that, that five-year, six-year time frame, I had had um, three different relationships, um, excluding my husband now. Yeah. So I'd had, you know, four, four chances, I guess, of getting it. Um, and the three previous relationships all ended in infidelity. Yeah. So, um, I had a, I had one of those exes, uh, was actually a former drug user. And so there's a lot of, of different circumstances that could have happened. Um, but I was always really, um, smart. I was really careful. I mean, I, I was never like, um, you know, uh, like anti-sex. I was, I was very, um, you know, like pro-safe sex. Yeah. And, and so I didn't have these, these risk factors until I was with people that weren't being honest with me. Yeah. So it was like, um, I realized that, that there wasn't really a lot that I could have done differently to avoid the situation that I ended up being in because I had dated who I wanted to date at that time. I had trusted them to a point that I had trusted them. And I had been lied to. And so a a friend of mine was like, you know, are you going to go talk to them about it? Are you going to find out, you know, which one of these ex-boyfriends could have exposed you? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to start going back to the very beginning. And, And then she said, well, if all three of them lied to you in the relationships, what would make you think that they would tell you the truth now? And would you just be making yourself vulnerable and exposing yourself to them right now? Would it help? because they might not give you the right answer anyway. Yeah. So I still don't know to this day how long I've actually had it yeah. and where it actually came from. But I do know that it came from somebody that I did trust, that had broken that trust, and that I will never get that answer. I will never get that closure of who this and why. Yep. So if they're listening, hey... <laughs> Surprise. <Come clean. laughs> Actually, no. Um <laughs> the health department's really cool about that is they'll call your partners. They'll get the names and, and, and phone numbers and they, they follow yeah. it up because they want to find out, you know, because if if I don't know who I got it from, they might not know they have it. Yeah. So they did a lot of, of research. They were really helpful. I mean, it, it's a kind of a, a privacy invasion, but that's to be expected because yeah. especially if I no longer wanted to be in relationships with any of these people. If they were exposing other people unaware, I didn't want to end up being in a growing club either. Yeah, yeah. So um, they can't tell me, you know, if they contacted the person or if they found out, but they stopped calling me at one point. So I'm sure that they figured out who it was. And um, 
and and what's weird is it could have been anybody. I could have had it for the full six years, yeah, and not given it to the other two boyfriends that I had, because it's a lot harder for a female to give it to a male than it is. Than it is, yeah. So it could have skipped over the other people, um, or I could have gotten it at any point in time. Um, But for somebody, I've never done drugs. Well. Correction. I have never done drugs that would have exposed in, me yeah, to, to no, HIV. No. In, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Natasha's grandma. I'm sorry. I'm not a bad <laughs> influence on your granddaughter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I tried as much as I could to wrap my head around being okay with not having the answer um, and just kind of going forward from here. But the the takeaway from it is that Anybody can get this. Yeah. It's not something that you do that you deserve to get, you know. Um, even if you've done something like you've you've shared a needle with somebody or, um, you know, you're a man and you've had unprotected sex with another guy. It doesn't mean it's your fault. You haven't done anything wrong. You've just been in a circumstance where you were exposed to a virus, not like any other virus out there. Um, you could, you can get exposed to a lot of things on a daily basis that, that can be potentially harmful and not knowing that it's there, um, doesn't make you safe. Yeah. So, um, so just trying to, um, to move forward and, and be healthy has been my major goal, but, but to also really, um, dispel a lot of myths. And that's why I wanted to talk to people about it because there was a lot of things that even as somebody who counseled on this and, um, you know, encouraged people to get these tests done, I thought that there was a lot of things that I knew about it that are just completely false because uh, you're, you grew up in the nineties. Yeah. That's the, and and we talked about it in the nineties, just AIDS, HIV positive. It's scary. Don't like it it was because now it's cancer that is like the big focus where everybody talks about cancer. It's not so much AIDS, but in the nineties, that's, it was, it was huge. It yeah. Was, yeah it was the and big... it was a death sentence. I mean, rent like yeah. would terrify you. Like you watched rent. Um, uh, what was it called? Uh, the, the one with Ben Stiller and, and, uh, Winona Ryder and reality bites. Yeah. 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 They have yeah. a friend that, that gets like an HIV scare in that. Um, Philadelphia. I yeah. would not oh, let yeah. myself watch Philadelphia, so I still haven't done that. <laughs> yeah, I won't rewatch that. I think it'd just uh, it'd destroy me a little yeah. bit. But um, but I think that that growing up in that time frame, you were terrified of it, and then it went away. Yeah. And so, so me as an adult, I never was worried about it. You know, yeah. I was like, okay, well, if I talk to my partners and I get tested, that's all you've got to do, and you can avoid it. Um. But it's it's not really something that you can prevent um, in every circumstance because you're not going to know if you've got a partner that's going to cheat on you. Um, you're not going to know if you've got a partner who's using drugs behind your back. Um, you're not always going to be 100% in control of these things. So the best thing that you can do is be vigilant on not thinking you're crazy and getting a test if you have any symptoms. Any symptoms. Or feel weird at all. Yeah. yeah. Because well, I remember the first time going in and being tested, I wasn't even worried. It was just like, well, you know, uh, this is probably just something I should do at this point. Because it was after my first 
girlfriend and I like broke up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this a, give this old test a shot. So I think it's just something people should do regularly, and so they're, so you don't, because there's not, I mean, there's so many diseases out there that you can spread without knowing you even have it. And and it's it's easy to get really angry about it, but I mean, in my circumstance, if it if it did come from that guy that I had dated. Um, I, I almost feel bad for him because he didn't feel like he could be honest, you know, with me or with himself. Um, I mean, if, if he, if that was what happened, if he had been with other guys, I wish he would have just been honest with me because I think that that, if you're going to cheat on somebody, show them a level of respect. If you care about that person at all, use protection. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wish that nobody would cheat on anybody. Yeah. I wish that partners would never have to worry about that. And Ashley Madison would go away yeah. and that would never exist again. <laughs> we're close. We're close for a cure for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that, that in those events, you know, if, if you're cheating on the person that you're with, use protection. If that's not a possibility, tell your partner. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes it, it, it might not be the end of the relationship. It might be, you know, something that you can overcome and still work, work through, um, but it's going to keep you and them safe. I mean, if, if you come down with HIV and you give it to somebody um, knowingly, it can be a crime, which yeah. is scary. I mean, it shouldn't be the state of things in 2015, um, but you've got to do your due diligence in keeping somebody that at least at one point that you cared about safe. Okay. So, and, and alternatively, I think that my biggest downfall was, um, you know, as a girlfriend, I always wanted to be, and I have, I have jokes about this yeah. in my stand-up set. I wanted to be the cool girlfriend. I didn't want yeah. to be, um, you know, a crazy jealous bitch. Yeah. And, um, there were always signs there that there was infidelity in these relationships or, you know, flat out, I was just like, oh, you know, hey, you've got another girl over at your house. I didn't know that I wasn't the only one. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool. I'll just, you can do your thing. You can do your thing. But I think that um, so many people, especially people who have had bad relationships in the past are afraid of, of confronting their partners and saying, you know, hey, I- I'm, I'm worried you're cheating on me. We're going to use condoms from now on. And it's important to know that, that that actually is safer for you. You know, it's, um, it's not dumb. It's not crazy. It's not being jealous. Um, you could really save your own life by confronting somebody and, and even taking the steps to say, you know, hey, I, I was worried that you might have been cheating on me. Like, let's just be safe for a while. Let's both get tested and then we'll go from there. And that would have been the only thing that I could have done that would have changed this is if I would have confronted my partner sooner about things. But I, but I didn't, um, you know, the relationships ended anyway and I'm where I'm at now. Yeah. So like moving forward, what are some, like, what do you do now as far as like, is there med? like, are you taking yeah. medicine? <laughs> Obviously. But I mean, what are you, what kind of, what medicine are you taking? What, what does it do? So, so that was a lot of things that I didn't realize, um, you know, from the time that I was in junior high or high school and we learned about HIV. Um, a lot has changed and it's pretty cool. Um, back in the day, um, you know, in the eighties when this first hit, it was a death sentence. There were, there were no drugs out there. Um, 
there's a really cool documentary that anybody that's interested in, in, um, you know, HIV and kind of the struggle that we've been through with that is called um, How to Survive a Plague. And um, it shows the, the journey that these um, HIV activists, uh, mostly in New York, went through to get uh, medication run through the FDA. So starting with that, um, there were a lot of really heavy drugs that you would take um, that would possibly, you know, kill you just the same as, as HIV would. Um, it could uh, stave off the, the um, progression into AIDS, but um, eventually, you know, your body would give out. And then the pills got better and better. And during the 90s, you would take, you know, handfuls. There'd be just 10, 15 pills you would take every single day. And you'd still have a shortened life expectancy. You know, you'd maybe have 25 years that you could last on those. But you wouldn't die of AIDS. So um, what they've got now is they've got antiretrovirals. And I'm on one pill a day for the rest of my life. And So going from where in the 90s they had mm -hmm. to take a meal of pills mm -hmm. to where it's now one pill. It's a one day. pill a day. And and I make jokes about that, that it's like, oh yeah, like big scary thing. Now I just take one pill a day. And that's, I, I want it to be a lot funnier than it is. <laughs> uh, but it's just kind of like, it's like sad and, and kind of like wimpy now that like you're just taking a pill a day. So what's the big deal? But, but what it does is it um, lowers the virus's ability to, uh, replicate. So um, your viral load is what they call it, which I think is just, it's disgusting way to say it. Like, cause your you already have, load. yeah, you guys, you, I got this from having sex and, and now you're talking about viral, viral, load. <laughs> viral loads. And every time like you've got this old woman as your doctor telling you like your viral load. And I'm just thinking of like horrible porn shots. Like <laughs> I'm just thinking of like come everywhere, but that's what it's called. So it's your viral load <laughs> and uh, it, it drops down the amount of the virus that's actually in your blood. So if you were to test my blood right now, um, what's called undetectable, they can't find it. So it's still in my system forever, but it's, undetectable it's not really there so it's it's almost like having um it's almost like having cancer and then your cancer's in remission so, so that's that's pretty much where you are right now yeah. they can't they don't there's no they it's undetectable mm -hmm. in your blood right now. it's undetectable um my ability of giving it to somebody um you know, if I were to go out and just have like wild, crazy sex, which is inadvisable yes. um, because it's it's possible I could still, you know, put somebody at risk and I wouldn't want to do that. But I most likely wouldn't give it to anybody. Um, if I were to bleed all over everything right now and, you know, slice you open or, yeah. you know, whatever, you and wouldn't, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. Um, and then even if I were to get pregnant um, and have a kid. It, the chances of me passing it on to a baby are, are really slim. I'm less than 2%. Wow. So, um, so basically there's not a cure. Um, there might be a cure within the next 10 years. Um, well, we're close. I mean, that's, that's amazing that they've done, they've come this far. Mm -hmm. um, but, but basically like uh, you can live with this and, and you're no longer going to have a shortened life sentence. Um, I can live in well into my eighties. Really? So it, no, it, it's really not going to shorten. That's that's amazing. Um, if if I stop taking the medication, uh, my body can build up resistance to it, and then it would be harder to treat. Um, but I I think that uh, if I can maintain doing this um, for the next you know ten or fifteen years until we have a cure, 
um, I might be okay. Uh, the, but the downside comes in this that, that, you know, as wimpy as it sounds that you can take a pill a day, these pills are about $100 a piece. Wow. So a month supply, and I'm fully covered with my insurance, is um, $3,500 out of pocket for a 30-day supply. So even with insurance, it's still that much? No, no. Oh, my insurance okay, covers no, okay, everything. Okay. <laughs> I, oh, I, would, man, I almost... Sh- I would shit myself, too. Yeah, I was like, that's... <laughs> But but um, but it, that's that's what's so scary about it is that that there are people like me that I have a good job I have insurance through my job yeah there are people that don't yeah and they're still they're still dying so of AIDS is there any um, charities or not even communities but are there any any places where people can donate yeah. So, so um, there's a, a big foundation called the Ryan White Foundation that covers a lot of people's medications. Ryan um, White was he, in the 80s. He got, I believe eight, so. Yeah, I believe he became HIV positive because he was hemo. He was a hemophiliac, mm-hmm. and he got a blood transfusion. Yeah, I remember seeing. I think I remember seeing the Ryan White story when I was in like the seventh grade or something. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so that covers um a lot of the medication for people out there. Um, there's, uh, places like the Utah AIDS foundation that, um, they take donations. They do a lot of, of advocacy and help for people. Um, and and they, they point you into the right direction. What's really cool is they have, um, they've got a local food bank there too. So like if there's a month that I have to make a decision between groceries and paying medical bills, um, then I can go and get get food. food there. Um, the medical bills, they, they add up, they add up really yeah. fast. So, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's disheartening a lot of the time that I'm like my insurance company or my, my doctor bills are going to kill me faster than this disease or canoe. So, um, it's, it's not fun to have and the pills are not fun to take. Um, I get super nauseous when I take them still. Um, they have all sorts of other like weird complications that you can have from them. The side effects themselves are pretty low, but, um, just kind of living with this every day is, is, it's a reminder that anything can happen. Yeah. And I have to be healthy now. You know, I'm, I'm 30 years old and I have to think of my life like I was in my sixties. You know, I have to work out. I have to eat right. And, and mm mm-hmm. I can't really let myself go anymore. I cannot get as drunk as I did at my wedding again. Um, they they flat out told me, you know, you cannot binge drink on these pills because it can shut your liver down. It's like taking large quantities of of uh, Tylenol. So yeah, I've got to I've got to do things a little bit easier. Life changes. Um, not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. But <laughs> I I was lucky that I did get married to somebody who I care about and I want to stay with. For a very long time. So I can't imagine what it would be like to be on your own with this. But yeah. I, I have a great support group. And um, since coming out with it publicly, um, which I just did, I was having a really, really bad day. And I just came out with it on Facebook. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> Here it I, is. I remember reading that post. And I remember just my heart dropping and just feeling like, oh, shit. Because you had been, you even mentioned in that post that you'd known this for a long time. And it just made me feel made me feel kind of shitty knowing that you had been dealing with this on your own for such a long time and we had been around been around you when you were dealing with that and were of no help you know 
you're not going to know most of the people that um, that have this because there's not a lot of of symptoms. There's not yeah. a lot of outward things. And and one of the things that I think is really important for people to know is that if you know somebody that's HIV positive, there's a ninety nine point nine percent chance you're not going to get it from them. <laughs> yeah, that's what exactly. So what are like? I mean, now that you mentioned that, so people aren't paranoid. Like, oh, I can't. Oh, I I can't even share a drink with that person. Or I mean. What I mean, there's you can't no. like no hugging like hugging somebody with AIDS. You're not going to get AIDS. You're not going to get AIDS from shaking somebody's hand. No, right? you're well. So so there's a, first off there's a there's a distinction between HIV and AIDS. Yes, they're not one in the same. And I think that so what, I kind of knew that 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 you get AIDS from HIV, but I didn't really understand the the science behind it. Which I thought when I found out, I was like, okay, that's really cool. Is that that ten year period, that latency period, yes. is when you're HIV positive, and um, there's uh, the distinction of getting AIDS. It's not its own thing. Um, it's a group of a bunch of different types of diseases. Um, some are, are cancerous. Um, most of them are like respiratory diseases that you only get if you have a weakened immune system. And if you get one, two, or more of those, you can actually be diagnosed with AIDS. And that means your immune system is so low that you're getting these diseases that the, the general population wouldn't wouldn't get. But it's not one thing. It's actually like, I think it's like seven or eight different diseases that you can get. And if you get more than one of those, then you're diagnosed with AIDS. Wow. Um, and even if you're diagnosed with AIDS, if you're taking the antiretrovirals, you can survive it. Um, so I only have HIV. So they work the same, the, the pills mm-hmm. work the same way. Mm-hmm. So I have HIV, um, meaning that I don't have any of these diseases that make up AIDS. Um, so I only have a virus that was dropping my immune system drastically. Um, and it, it just it makes everything just a little bit shittier. Like you're, it's already shitty, like when you get a sinus infection. But if you've got HIV, it just makes it like that much shittier. So it's just like, it's, like it's a virus that's just pot. like the shitty like, thing. Like yeah. Instead of like smoking weed and eh, everything's a little bit better now. <laughs> it's just the opposite. It's the opposite. It's the it's just, it just makes everything a little bit shittier. It just, so my immune system, by the time I got on the, the antiretrovirals, it was about the same immune system of somebody who doesn't work out and just smokes and drinks a lot. So like I I, I was just gonna say you made me very worried like right there about Levi my Rounds's. immune system. <laughs> I had Levi Rounds' immune system. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so so you, <laughs> so you can be unhealthy with without HIV and you can be healthy with HIV. Um so I was lucky enough that I caught it within that latency period and and a lot of people don't. Um, so now that I'm on the medication, um, I'll probably never get AIDS and the HIV will most likely never affect me except for, you know, just making things a little bit shittier and draining my bank account a lot faster. So, (laughs) which is not an excuse, but, but HIV and AIDS are very, um, very, very different in, in that respect that, um, you can survive both of them now, but you're much more likely to survive HIV. HIV. Mm-hmm. So um, with that, uh, uh, I can't really give it to anybody right now um, unless I stop taking the medication 
um, you're probably, you know, having immune system problems yourself. And then I have sex with you. Yeah. And, and, um, so anybody that was like, oh no, you know, I don't want to talk to Rachel anymore. I don't want to touch her. I'm, I'm scared. It's like, that's very presumptuous that they would think that I would fuck them. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, you wouldn't have been exposed to it anyway. I invited you to Facebook on, or I invited you to my wedding on Facebook. Yeah. I'm not trying to fuck you. Yeah, no. So so people people are not have at risk. you had have you had people treat you differently <laughs> since I mean in a like in a <laughs> shittier way, honestly? I oh, hope the answer's no, no, but I, I I haven't. So there's there's two things that happened that were really funny. Like um like one of our friends was like actually called us and was freaking out and he was like, Can you get that from kissing you? It's like no you really like <laughs> No, you can't. No. Like, I, I had a couple of friends that were like, you know, they, I've had a lot of people ask me honest questions. Like, you know, I can share a drink with you, right? I'm like, yeah, you can. Uh, like, I'm not going to fuck the cup and then shove it up your yeah. ass. <laughs> like, I'm not, you're not going to get this yeah. that way. Uh, you cannot get it from a toilet seat. Um, and, and I was always like, oh, yeah, what about the blood? You know, can I, I actually asked the chick at the health department. I was like, can I get tattoos? She was like, yes, you can get tattoos. You're yeah, fine. Well, and here's the whole thing about that also is that they're required. Yeah, that's I why. worked at a tattoo shop for a while, and they're required. They have a medical exam. They have yeah. a health code inspector come in and walk through there like it's a medical uh, facility because you're going to have an open wound in there. Yeah, exactly. Well, and so HIV uh, lives outside of the body um, in, in any, body, any bodily fluids. Well, basically like blood and, and like um, – Semen. Sex stuff. <laughs> semen. <laughs> so blood and semen for, for less than a second. So like if I were to bleed everywhere right now and you'd come and clean it up, you would be at no risk. Um, if Because it would die so quickly. It would die so quickly. Yeah. Um, you, I'm, I don't do drugs. So, you know, nobody's going to be doing Exposed drugs with me to, yeah. and sharing needles. So, you know, the, so the people that I know, they're, they're not at risk. And, and then even my own future children. Aren't at risk. Aren't at risk. Um, I can't. Uh, the, the sad thing, though, and it, for some reason it made me sadder than anything else, was that you can't breastfeed if you're a mom with HIV because there's still a risk of um, the breast milk containing the virus. Really? Yeah. And and I had never thought that that was a, a, something that See, that's the first I would be I've told I couldn't do. That. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, um, yeah, I mean— Nobody's having sex with me except for my husband. So yeah. I'm not exposing, you know, anybody that knows me to this. Um, I did have a really weird experience, though, like before I came out public about it. Um, and I think it was right after I started um, taking the medication. I think it was right after, like maybe two weeks later. I had this kid come up to me in a bar and I had just finished my beer and he thought that I was a bartender. So he came up and he's like, can I have a glass? And I just looked at him really weird. And I'm holding this empty glass that I had just finished my beer out of. So I like handed it to him and he was like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. I thought you worked here. And I was like, no, if you want a glass, though, here you go. And he takes it from me and he says, well, you don't look like you have HIV or AIDS. So I'll, I'll just take this one and use it. And I was like, what a shitty fucking thing to say to a stranger. And I was like, well, Thanks that I don't look like I have it. I appreciate that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that I yeah. apparently I'm walking around as a as a secret HIV agent and yes. nobody knows that I'm James Bonding my way through this shit. <laughs> <laughs> such a wow, oh, that's such a weird thing. 
I mean, I used to make a lot of jokes about it all the time. In fact, when they were drawing my blood for the test that turned out to be my test, I I actually said it. It was like, yeah, my life's going so shitty right now. Things couldn't be more positive if, if I was HIV positive. <laughs> so I think this is just karma, karma coming, coming back. back and, at you. Like I've pissed off a gypsy somewhere. Somewhere along the way. Yeah. But I mean, the big takeaway is that that I'm not dying. Yeah. Which is... Uh, <laughs> Good news. I'm, I'm happy to hear Probably that. Probably for some. I'm yeah. sure there are other people out there that are like, God damn it, we thought we got her with this one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm not dying. Um, I'm not going to give it to anyone uh, outside of my own uh, relationship. Yeah. Uh, you're all safe. <laughs> I'm not just going to start raping people at random because uh, it's yeah. illegal for one well, and for you're me not to a do rapist. that. Uh, well, <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> not anymore. I was able to scale back on the rapes that I did. <laughs> um, and that, that it can happen and it can happen to anybody. Um, this is not, it's not a gay disease. You know, it's not, it's not a disease of people who are sinners. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to hell. You're going to uh, the University of Utah to visit some specialists because that's the only place. Some advice. That, yeah. yeah. That, that's about it. You, is that pretty much, is that where the, you, there's one office. Well, there's two offices in Utah. One's through the VA, one's through the U of U. So, okay. so it's funny. I have actually met other people that, that I was friends with, and, and I would never expose them. But, yeah. but I've had people that were close to me um, come to me and say, thank you for talking about this. I'm HIV positive, too. So I had a support group under my nose the whole time. But you time. didn't know. Yeah. So. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't join the women's group for some reason. Uh, they, they wanted people to, like, commit to being there every week, and I couldn't yeah. do that because it was on comedy nights. So. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> like I'd rather hang out with my that's comedians. My com- yeah, that's my support group. Yeah, and, and so I, I think that, that um, as a group, what's cool about the comedy scene in Utah is that, that we all hate each other just to a point that we'll all still support each other yeah. <laughs> with everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've had a lot of support from people on this and, and um, the, the people that have come to me and told me that they were HIV positive as well. It was amazing because I felt so alone at the beginning. Yeah. And, and now I feel like it's, it's, it's out there. Yeah. And I would never regret um, ever talking about it um, publicly because I think that um, for all of the stupid shit that I have done in my life, if I can't talk about it and make people aware of of um you know just life goes on yeah then what was the point of me getting into stupid shit yeah so i'm a, I'm a walking billboard for <laughs> <laughs> for anti-cheating now um i'm a walking billboard for just uh life can happen yeah. um and it's it's not i it's not the worst thing in the world and and there are people out there that um you know if if you see somebody that's maybe having a hard time just don't be a dick to them because i mean it was 7 months before i came out in public yeah. and my facebook posts and my twitter updates were all about like you know fuck everything and see, i'm going to go jump yeah. off a building and people were telling me why do you have to be so negative all the time Rachel i'm like yeah, i'm see, more I positive than you think comment on <laughs> <laughs> I didn't com- like I didn't ever comment on all of those posts because I figured there's a reason for her to yeah. be that pissed off. <laughs> Nobody just like gets that like no one's that mad for not a reason. I you was know, mad I would never be before like, though. You should call, <laughs> you know you should really calm down. Things things are gonna look up for you. You know yeah. like so yeah. 
So the first set that I did after I came out, like I li- I came out about it, and then I went to uh, Mo's open mic that same night. That same night, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do all these jokes I've been saving up." <laughs> and the first thing I said was, "I was like, for everyone who has ever said that I was not a positive person, <laughs> eat your fucking words." <laughs> Because uh, I think there's there's humor in it, and and that's that's the thing that drew me to comedy in the first place was that I've had struggles with depression my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've had struggles with body issues, and just life's weird for everybody at any different point. I mean, people who've been through a divorce yeah. can attest to that. You know, sometimes things just suck yeah. dick. Exactly. And <laughs> and so I I needed something. I needed a platform where I could talk about these things in a funny way and um you know deal with deal them, with them. Yep. because it's, it's it's a coping mechanism it's better than therapy yeah unless your therapist has a really good sense of humor yeah mine's a, a little uh jewish old lady that's from the bronx and a spitfire and i love her oh that sounds amazing <laughs> but um it's worth sharing the story because you might not know who else out there is dealing with it and um and, and having them feel that they don't have to hide it anymore is important because no one should ever go through life feeling like they are alone, alone, or... abandoned or living with a secret because they've done something wrong. And I, I'll firmly say I did not do anything wrong except I have shitty taste in men who probably That's also what have I shitty taste in men. say about anyone who's ever been interested in me. <laughs> oh, you've just got shitty taste in guys. I'm sorry. My husband's glaring at me right now. <laughs> other, than, other than him. Other than... No, you found the one. I found the you one. You found the one. So... <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. Like, I'm really happy that you did. Like, I learned a lot, and I hope everybody listening learned something and uh, can take away something from, from what you've said. Well, and, and I, I want people to do research on this. I mean, if it's something you don't know a lot about, I mean, look it up. There's, yeah. there's a lot of information out there about it. Things have changed quite a bit um, since the 90s, even since the early 2000s. Yeah. It's 2015 now. We're close to, you know, having a cure within our lifetimes. Um, ask somebody about it. Like, ask me about it. Yeah. Um, people, people have felt so weird about asking stupid questions like, um, I had a friend, like, I went to the emergency room just because I had, a, 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 I had like, a bad bladder infection. Yeah. I mean, like, it was just the dumbest thing to go into the emergency room where, with people blowing off their hands and stuff, like, going, like, it hurts to pee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, um, I had a friend that I, when I was on my way to the emergency room, she's like, do, do you have to tell them? Like, do you legally have to tell them that you have that? And I was like, well, it'd be smart so they don't give me something that could potentially kill me. Yeah, like, I'm taking this medicine <laughs> that I don't know how it acts with this. But yeah, I mean, there's, I, I like people that will ask questions about it. So, um, you know, if anybody knows me um, or anybody doesn't know me, you know, find me on Twitter, find me on Facebook, send me a message and be like, hey, random stranger that I listened to a podcast with you on. First off, thank yeah. you for being a fan. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, validating my existence. But third, you know, ask me a question. Ask anybody. Ask your doctor questions. Um, I, my goal here is to talk about it to reduce the stigma and to make it a, a real thing that people talk about because it's on the rise in the U.S. It's obviously it's on the rise in Utah and, and, and nobody's safe. So yeah. <laughs> just kidding. That's the word. <laughs> no one's no safe. One's it's safe. coming for you. No. Uh, but it can happen. Yeah. So, I mean, so, get tested. Be be smart. So as far as uh, in in closing, uh, what 
where can people find you if they wanted to ask you a question now that they, if they've listened to this podcast and they're like, you know what? I would like to talk to her about some things they didn't talk to about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, I mean, on Facebook um, or... My Facebook's... I, I usually talk to people. I, you can talk to me on Facebook. Um, I, where, yeah, I, or where would be the best? Where would Twitter, you prefer? Twitter, you know, people, people can send me direct you? message on okay. Twitter. My Twitter's uh, very open. Um, it's at Supermochella. Uh, we spell that? At, at yeah, at yeah. uh, with the at, sign. <laughs> the at sign. It's if you do like shift. Is it shift two shift on your two. computer? Shift two. Shift two on your computer. Uh, super S U P E R Mochella M O C H E L L A. Um, that's a that's a dumb name that I came up with as a as a young teenager. <laughs> that I don't that you know. You have now. <laughs> that you I just, just use for now. shit now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, send me a message. Follow me on Twitter. Um, I I tend to like to share stories sometimes that I see uh, when we're making leaps and bounds with um, with different treatment options and stuff like that. Um, I would encourage you to um, to never uh, make shitty jokes about people dying of AIDS. Um, because you might have somebody in your audience that could potentially someday die of AIDS. Yeah. So I've had to sit through a lot of those in silence, yeah. and I will call people out on that now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just raise my hand and be like, hey, hey, hey right here, right here. I, I'm you're not going to fuck you, me. so you're okay. Yeah, you're talking about me. <laughs> yeah, um, just be sensitive about it. Um, but it, it's not something that you can't make jokes about because it's, it, you know— Hilarious. Uh, (laughs) Anytime that you have a a deadly, potentially deadly disease, you can joke about it. AIDS and cancer. I made a lot of very inappropriate jokes. um, So that's not going to be something that I I stop doing. So, yeah, but in closing is is just um, I want it to be normal. I want it to be uh, destigmatized in the long run and um, be something that people do have an honest dialogue about and that people are getting tested so that, um, you know, people at least know uh, their status and don't accidentally, you know, cheat on somebody and give it to their girlfriend. Yeah. (laughs) Be faithful, people. Come on. In closing, be faithful. Madison. Yeah. Be faithful and get tested. That's honestly, yeah. Good advice right there. Uh, guys, thanks so much. Um, thanks so much for coming on to the show, guys. You've been great. Uh, he's uh, been silent. He shared some wedding stories, and those were great. And, and that's what matters. That's what matters. I so. feel like we wasted turning on the microphone for you. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I do. That's how I do it best. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for coming on. And, hey, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, this has been Stupid Questions on the Earhole Media Network. Thanks.